Hey boomers, welcome to a special bonus episode of Sonic the Comic the Podcast. It's Sonic Holiday Special, the podcast. Yeah. As always, <laughs> are your humans who think we're in charge. I am Chris McFeely. And I'm Dave Bulmer here on what is presumably by the time this comes out, a lovely summer's day. Ooh, smell the air and the uh, seagulls. What do you have in the summer to smell? Just cresting the summer, really, because yeah. we're not 100% sure when this one came out. It was announced <laughs> in the control zone of issue 53, mm. which means it either came out the same day as issue 53, mm-hmm. which was the 27th of May, or between it and issue 54. We don't know. We haven't found evidence yet. Yeah, we got some classic Sonic adventure with the second holiday special. So, the way- it's the second one, right? Yeah, well, it was the Sonic The Summer Special last That's right. year in 1994, and this year it's the sonic holiday, holiday special. special but americans we do not mean christmas here when we say holiday we mean summer summer holidays as you mm. know as cliff richard said that's the kind we mean these are the bumper size special issues yes. we explained this last year but we'll do it again for you now just so you don't feel yes, left because you don't listen to us you don't listen <laughs> these are like the bumper size special issues that you would get on a day out or a weekend mm-hmm. away or something to keep you quiet in the car or right. on the plane or wherever where you were going that was yep. the point of these yeah i don't know if that was actually the point of these but it certainly feels like it was the point yeah of that was that was what you did with them kids out of school entertainment required regardless yep. of whether you were going away on your holidays or yep. if you were staying home on your yep. holidays children required additional entertainment to fill their days exactly and especially if you were if there was going to be a long car journey involved this is the sort of thing mm. you picked up it's thick it's fat it's like feels like about twice the thickness of a, a normal issue i don't know if it is but it feels about like that yep this is 52 pages including the covers whereas a normal issue of stc is 36 but it does mean that this is a whopping one pound 99 yes and fair enough fair enough that's the sort yeah. of god just looking at this okay listen this particular one i don't have very many memories of right this particular holiday special yes you weren't even sure if you owned it were no. you No, I wasn't. Apparently I did get it, but I don't really remember it. But the kind of thing it is, oh, that's filling me up. If you could see an x-ray of me from toe up to about it, I am full of nostalgia here. The concept of getting... You know, you've been in the car for a bit. You're on the motorway. You stop at the services, right? That's where you, you've gone and you're looking in Smith's or you're looking in some newsagent. That's where you're on the rack. That's where you load up with holiday specials. It's where you get things like this for the rest of the journey because your parents are already, they've already seen that no, another year has passed. You're not old enough to be quiet on a long journey yet. <laughs> They're going to need some kind of entertainment. Here's where we load up on these, you know, and uh, this is a prime example. I do remember when I got this. I bought it myself. It wasn't yeah. to entertain myself yeah. on a car journey. Huh? Uh, I'd seen it around already and, and hadn't bought it right away. And I bought it a little belatedly, but I had to walk into town to get it. Normally I could go to the corner shop or maybe down to the supermarket that was in 10 minutes down the road, but neither of them had it. And I was just on a mission. I was determined. <laughs> so I walked the full half hour oh, wow. to the big Tesco to, to get the copy. Mum, I went then I came home and I was like, where were you? And I was like, walked to Tesco's. And she was like, Jesus. And I was like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a level of freedom I didn't feel I had. I think, um, you know, th- that was in the day when you were allowed to simply let your children walk off to wherever they happen to want to go. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. But... I didn't feel that autonomy. I would have been like, Mom, I'm just going out to blah, 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 blah. Oh, well, I mean, I had said I was going out to the shop, yeah, yeah. but I told them where I was going. But then I was like, not here. I have to go on. I'll be honest. I'll be... 
I'll be more honest with you. What I would have done is I would have written off the whole thing as impossible if I couldn't get a lift off my mum. <laughs> I would have been like, like, but it's half an hour's walk. Obviously, I can't just walk. I'm going to need... Ma- Mater, I shall need a lift to the t- to the place. And if she was like, well, no, I'm, I'm not going there today. We're like, oh, no, now I can't have Blast. it. Yeah, I would have just been like... It would have been the equivalent of if it was, you know, a fan club exclusive in Japan or something. It's like, no, well, I can't have it. It's half an hour's walk away. Blast. <laughs> I have been denied. Yeah. May I have some cakes and creams? <laughs> yeah. Twenty years later, I'd still be like, "Oh, can't believe there was no way to get that." <laughs> Listen, would you walk half an hour for this today? Well, for this, no. <laughs> for this, for this, no. A little, a little preview of the contents there. Anyway, let's describe the cover here. Uh, we're getting <laughs> off topic. This is sort of like a diagonal split screen cover. Oh, yeah. In the top left, it, it's it's diagonally split from top right to bottom left. And in the uh, upper left quadrant, we've got the Freedom Fighters, Porker Johnny, Amy Tails, relaxing on a beach or under the shade of a tropical palm tree. Porker's there in a deck chair. Oh, he's got yeah. sunglasses. He's got fizzy drink and everything. I never noticed that. You know, I just saw it as a single picture picture where they were all just happily behind Sonic as he, in his diagonal slash, which is the bottom right-hand side of the page, is angrily punching some egg robos. I guess it, and on a completely different coloured background, it's bright yellow, mm-hmm. whereas they're in a, you know, fully drawn sort of, well, not beach scene. They're acting like they're on the beach, but it's more of a jungle, isn't it? A tropical, that's what I mean. It's, yeah. it's reflecting the content of the strip inside, which is... <gasps> oh! Which you would sort of not expect from a holiday special, to be honest. You'd expect a nice sort of generic heroes on holiday beach type image. Yeah! <laughs> well, yeah. Or, or just a pin-up image like last summer's, where it was just Sonic and some bandits. That's why I read it that way. I saw this and saw, yeah, here they are. Happy, it's a summer special. Sonic's got his grouchy face on. He's punching some robots. Of course, of course. You have you have changed my whole. I'm seeing a new cover now. This is amazing. Well, it's because, I tell you why. It's because Sonic Sonic bulges out across both of does, them so yeah, much. He crosses the center divide. Mm. Got a little inset panel there in the bottom left as well of Knuckles, which is uh, cribbed from one mm-hmm. of the images inside the comic, which we'll come to later. Inside, Sonic and Knuckles go head to head, rather overselling the nature of that confrontation, <laughs> as you will see. Um, yes. Plus, we look at Chaotix, which is uh, oh. more than STC has done at this point. That's right. We, we met the Chaotix crew in the final page of the Knuckles right. strip in the previous issue, um, but we haven't actually looked at the game yet. And we're, I mean, we're pretty sure that they haven't even actually mentioned the game in the comic yet. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think they have. Um, so, of course, what you're looking forward to here is, oh, there'll be a maybe four-page review zone special, won't there, of Chaotix in this summer Because there were a lot of multi-page yep. text features in last year's yeah. summer special. The strips were all mostly rubbish last year. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. The, the text features were interesting. And it's the only time, really, in a Sonic thing, apart from maybe Stay Sonic, where the impression of the multi-page text features was a positive one on me, and I remembered them fondly and thought that it was good. In, in STC, I didn't care. I didn't care what they were reviewing. Because they weren't <laughs> Sonic all the time. No. <laughs> Even on holiday, the action never stops. So, yeah, the inside front cover kind of starts giving the game away already here, because <laughs> rather than a control zone, same as last year's uh, summer special, it's not Megadroid. This this feels yeah. like a different thing from STC. It's not Megadroid, it's not a thing. control zone, it's just a nameless editor. There's no there's no credits here at all. 
And the inside front cover is the cover of issue number 26. It's the reused artwork of Sonic in space over Mobius from the issue that introduced Sonic's world. It's a cracker looking at it here. I think it looks better here than it did as a cover. It's just nice to see some of this work clean. And it's not the last time that will happen. <laughs> He's the blue dude with a tood, the title bar screams. Sonic puts the S into special with a Sonic-sational holiday special. Total Thrills is the order of the day as we present this special offering of Sonic Stories, powerful adventures you might have missed <laughs> from Sonic's glorious past. Yes, indeed, folks. Almost all of this summer special yeah. is reprints. It is. Um, I tell you what, listen, I'll give them this. I think it's a relatively intelligent approach to reprints because what they're reprints of is the poster mags. Yes, that is why I bought it. Yeah, exactly. And those were about this price. Like, they were quite expensive, the, um, the poster mags, weren't they? What was it about? Yeah, 135 So this is good value for money. This is a better way, really, of buying the poster mags than buying the poster mags was. Yeah. If you were not a man for posters, if you didn't have the wall space, or mm. if you didn't want to pin up your comics, mm. or you could double up, you know, you could spend the... I mean, if you think about it, it's like 135 for a nice, glossy poster mm -hmm. isn't a rip-off, really. But 135 for six pages of comic is, and we were buying those for the comics. That's why we were doing it, because, and I'll tell you why as well, they're not useful as a poster because they are folded up. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, if you, if you were buying a nice glossy poster in a shop, it would be rolled. Yeah, you wouldn't have those great big fold grids all over it. Now, I simply don't believe what they say here, which is that um, STC has been inundated with letters from you begging, pleading that we create a compilation of the most coolest, the most exciting adventures starring Sonic the Hedgehog. Actually, I'll take it back. I do believe that. It's just that it's not these. <laughs> these exactly, the ones. yeah, they weren't asking for these stories. I could believe people were asking for, like, well, you remember they did do those two they uh, did. book collections, and I could believe people were asking for more of those. Not only can I believe it, we're still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> True that. Do you notice they say STC has been inundated at no point because they explain what STC is? God, you're right. Because <laughs> this publication is not, it's so, so separate, but it's, yeah, they never say Sonic the Comic or or that the, it doesn't even have a Sonic the Comic mega production on it anywhere no. like the poster mags did. Maybe even last year's summer special did. If you aren't already in the know, you don't know, yeah. You have to go through this comic until you hit one of the reservation coupons or subscription adverts or whatever to even find out there is a Sonic the Comic. And you know why that is? You know why that is? It's because everyone knew. There is no not in the know in 1995. If you've been in a newsagent, if you've seen this, you've seen STC. I think that's a fair assumption that uh, anyone buying this is, is already a Sonic the Comic reader. Still, STC is not yeah, necessarily weird, it? intuitive. It's really weird that they did that. I definitely would have put Sonic the Comic if it was me. But we do have a new adventure, Holiday Hotspot, stirred in with some fab features, need in the special powers of Knuckles, garnish with powerful poster pages, and it's a big, big welcome to the official 1995 Sonic Holiday Special. But be warned, the action ahead is fast and furious... Are you ready for it? Ooh, I don't know. I'm starting to feel nervous now. I was ready. Yeah, well, that's the thing. The thing, but no, you were knackered. You'd walked all. You'd walked an hour round trip to get. I your gotta life. be honest. You know, in hindsight, I'm not sure it was worth it. <laughs> no, I don't know. But it is, isn't it? Isn't that? This is one of those things where because you made the journey, that's that. Like, there are things where it's like, yeah, no, the thing you actually got weren't that good, but because you had that day out. <laughs> and no, even then, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs>
Sonic. Holiday Hotspot. Written by Lou Stringer. Art by Mike Hadley. Letters by Ella Tafel. Miscredited here as Ellie DeVille. Oh dear, the one bit of original lettering in the issue. Isn't I it? know. After a victory over another batch of Robotnik's badniks, Sonic and the Freedom Fighters are rewarded by a Mobian named Rhino Neal with an invitation to his Paradise Dome, a hard light hologram environment that can simulate a tropical beach holiday for them. While the others head in, Sonic's not interested and heads off for a run, only to belatedly realise that Neil called him Spikeball as he left, a turn of phrase that indicates the rhino is actually Robotnik in disguise. Sonic speeds back to the dome to rescue his pals from the hard light hologram badniks within and sends Robotnik packing. A minute ago, as we were talking about the cover, I realised with alarm that I hadn't read this comic in preparation. I'd forgotten to read it. I just skimmed straight over it, went past it, assuming it was a reprint. Now looking at it, I realised, no, I did read it yesterday, and I've simply forgotten... Completely forgotten, yeah. uh, No impression left. (laughs) Yeah, this is uh, not Stringer's best work, gotta be honest here. Like last issue, like last year's summer yeah. special, this story feels like it's been plucked out of some pre-time. Yes, yeah, and I don't believe they are anymore. No, because no, because it can't be. Yeah, it, there you go. Yeah, yeah, but it feels like that. This feels like you know it. As do all these throwaway ones. They feel as if they don't matter and and sort of don't count. No, there's a difference between a throwaway standalone that's good and one that's bad because <laughs> stringer has done some great standalone issues oh yeah since he came on the comic and this is one i mean i mean first of all right mm-hmm. if i had as they say if i had a pound for every <laughs> sonic summer special where the twist was the dr robotnik was the guy in disguise tricking <laughs> sonic and his friends i'd have two pounds which isn't a lot but it's weird that it happened twice that's a hundred percent success rate you would have had, even if yeah. that's only two pounds. Because last year we had the rather rubbish Doctor Sun story, Doctor where Sun, Robotnik yeah. was disguised as a sort of cult leader luring in young Mobians, and here he's disguised as a large green rhinoceros. And this is just not the sort of thing Robotnik... You know, we didn't flag it up last year, it occurs to me. Because it's the same thing here, where Robotnik is putting on a cartoon disguise and coming out and doing his own dirty work. Which is just not how you should be using Robotnik at this point in time when he's the ruler of... In a story where they're specifically stressing that he's the ruler of the planet. And he's the one that puts on the f- incredibly fake and evil-looking rhino costume. Yeah, he's really acting like... there. Are t- I don't really know the, the terminology for it, but there's more than one kind of comic story, and this is the one that skews like a throwaway episode of a throwaway cartoon. The baddies in disguise, like, um, you know, it's a surprise Sonic doesn't dress up as a girl rabbit at any point during yeah, this, you know? Yeah, big, big <laughs> adventures of Sonic energy here. Mm. Although, and the, and the only reason I didn't say that is that even in that, Robotnik didn't tend to be the one in the disguise. He would send scratch and ground it. <laughs> Ryan O'Neill. Ryan, I, Rhino. Ryan. Ryan O'Neill. Wait. Wait. No, is no. Is that someone? Ryan I, O'Neill? No, no. Is that I'll someone? stop you there. I've done okay. this already. Okay. I, I looked at the name. And I, was th- I was having big Steve Isle flashbacks here. <laughs> Ryan O'Neill, Steve Isle, no the, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I thought, right, Ryan O'Neill? Is yeah. it a pun on that? Uh-huh. And I can tell you this much, okay. which is that the Sonic Wiki 
thinks it is. <laughs> no context for no reason why, no obvious point of correlation for why it would be. But the Sonic Wiki reckons it's a reference to the actor Ryan O'Neill. See, it's news to me that there is such an actor. Exactly. This is a person, Ryan O'Neill, is it? Yes, I feel like this could maybe be someone Lou Stringer knows, not that Ryan O'Neill. You know, unless somewhere Stringer has said that he named him after the actor, but <laughs> seems dodgy to me. Yes, I don't think I believe that. Because it's a, it's not just a baddie. It's a specific kind of huckster kind of baddie who mm. goes, you know, come to my theme park and then it turns out to be evil. So I was like, was there a property developer? Was there a theme park owner? Was there, you know, was there someone with a name that's not actually as close as Ryan O'Neill would be? But you know recognizably could have been but i don't know i can't i mean it's anything. the fact he introduces himself by going my name is uh brian o'neill yeah if it, it's clearly te- more much more so than steve isle it's telegraphing that it's supposed to be a joke but i think we're coming off as extremely silly because i mean i'm sure it's literally just that he comes up with a crap name it's just that it's so different to all the other names you get in sonic the comic that it's like you end oh. up trying to figure it out no it's no uh-uh i'm a hundred percent sure it's supposed to be a joke slash reference okay i will bet my hat on it. <laughs> yeah not wearing a hat chris they can't tell that <laughs> oh sorry it's an audio oh, medium. lovely hat i really like it it's a shame because it's a really nice hat so i don't want you to lose it there we go <laughs> even the uh the reveal being that he calls him spike ball feels mm. like something out of the old the before times i mean i can't even remember the last time i mean i'm sure he has called him spike ball many times but the last time i remember it me well i mean to be honest it's exactly the same thing isn't it it was when the illusionary mum called yeah. him Spikeball in, in Sonic, Sonic the, the Human. Human, and that was the tell again back then. Yes, I wonder if Lou would have known that, or if it was a coincidence. I think it's just a coincidence. Yeah, but, I think uh, so. They, see, they, they don't even go in for a dramatic reveal page the way we did no. with Dr. Sun, where we got the whole full half-page bad drawing of Dr. Robotnik. Here it's like, uh, he calls him Spikeball, and then it's literally on the very next page that Sonic goes, Wait a minute! And then we cut back on the page after that, and Robotnik has removed his disguise. Now, I will say, this better drawn than that one. Um, Oh, yes, yes. We've had mixed times with Mike Hadley, but this one... And this isn't some of his better work, I would say. No. But it's still better than what last summer's special looked like, yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what, something I want to mention, which I think most people would just think of as completely throw away, and and you'll probably be annoyed with me for even mentioning it, but (laughs) I find this very charming, that this whole summer special is printed on quite low-quality paper. You know, I was about... For some reason, it just... Right before you said that, that's so weird... Right, because I'm working off the scans, Yeah. Uh, right before you said that, I had a flash, and I was about yeah. to ask you, Dave, yes. is this printed on matte paper? Yeah, it's not it's, printed on the usual nice glossy paper that Sonic the Comic is printed on. It's not glossy, it's matte, it's rough, it's like it's not newsprint, it's not like that no, sort of it's thing. Just, but it, just, just uncoated paper. Yeah, but it's very... There's no white anywhere on it. It's a kind of grey. It's mm. a low grade of paper, and I readers prefer that not in stc because you know stc right it's special but in general i think that the world and my life would be better if this was the standard for comics and that therefore they were cheap again Uh, there's something so that right this is what i'm trying to say and i've never been very good at explaining this but i mean it sincerely when you get a bad comic an stc that's not a good one like this where it's reprints of not very good ones I so prefer them and enjoy reading them more. 
on bad quality paper than I do on the glossy poster mag stuff. Because it just changes your expectations. It doesn't matter if it's that good or not. You just sit and you just read it and it's fine now. And on the opposite side of the scale, if you have bought, like, whatever the, the latest issue of, I don't know, you know, Spider-Man is, whatever, some, some cape comic. I don't know, Dave, why it is, but when you say cape, it always sounds like a slur. Mm, yeah, but... um. When, but this is why. This is I'm, I'm basically laying out why. If they were sold like this, I'd read them all the time. But instead, you have to take out a mortgage for a floppy. Like, they're <laughs> so expensive because they reckon they need to be keepable, resellable, even though everyone knows there's no market for that and you're not ever going to make any money. But they have to maintain the illusion from the 80s or 90s, whenever it was, that we're keeping them and collecting them and not throwing them away. Floppy comics should be throwaway. And then... When people like us, who are weird enough to have kept them and, and kept them in our memories, e- either dig out our old collections or, or get hold of them again, that is special. I, I don't know. I, this, is, this, is, this is a complicated thing. I need to work out the specifics of a bit more. But I think comics... I don't fundamentally disagree with you. No, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think comics should be cheaper on wor- worse paper. Print fewer of them. Fewer of them. On worse paper for less money. And, and pay, pay the, the people, people who make, make them more. more. Yep, exactly. And we're not even kidding. Yep. And when I say print fewer of them, I mean print larger quantities of yep. fewer titles. Except in the British comics industry where there are only two titles. So we'll have more. <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> yes. We are now into the cape stuff here. That's yeah. what we're really talking about. But yes. And then the trades and the collections are the things that you put on the nice paper. I'm a hardliner, Chris. I think that cape comics basically should be black and white or really simple colours. Wouldn't go that far. And then the trades, they're for the people who care about it. They get it in full colour. But yes, that's ridiculous. But what I would love, what I would love is floppies like this, right? Floppies on this sort of paper, a bit cheaper. Or... If this is what you're into, if you choose to read them like this, proper Japan-style phone book, they're in black and white. Mm-hmm. You get a million of them for a fiver a month, and all it's all in there. Less and than that's, a fiver. Yeah, and that's where you dip into series. You would never commit what is like nearly a five pound per issue of now, and therefore you don't read them, so you go for the, the ones you know. That, hey, I'm talking about something else that I often do a rant about. But yeah. <laughs> So anyway, the fact that this is printed on low-quality paper makes me happy and nostalgic. That is what I'm trying to say. The thing is, you know, today here and now I completely agree with the base sentiment, but uh-huh. I'm afraid I have to say, remembering mm-hmm. how I felt as a child, picking it up <laughs> and reading it, I was aware I was holding something that was of lower quality mm-hmm. than an issue of STC. The rough, uncoated paper. Yep, true. And it's indicative of the whole way that this special is approached, but we need to get through the rest of the content of this before I can really explain okay. what I mean there, so we will. So anyway, I, I mean, I don't know if there's anything to say about this strip. You know, it's 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 Sonic comes running back. The, the guys are relaxing on the beach, and then badniks appear, and they fight the badniks, but their attacks have no effect. Sonic comes back. There's a few shots exchanged between him and Robotnik. Robot again, just the idea of Robotnik being out on his own and not accompanied by an army of badniks, you know, just mm. in his ego, like Robotnik versus Sonic in his egomatic on the same day or a week after. We've just seen him in the Doomsday Zone mech fighting on the edge yeah. of the floating island in their greatest one on one showdown yet. You can't serve that up to me, man. <laughs> I'm the death egg, yeah, 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 you're right. Uh, it, it, the only way I can enjoy this strip, really, is in that way I've just described. Yeah. It's a doesn't matter comic, and this is a doesn't matter strip in it. And, like, trouble is, 
If I could have, I bet I didn't enjoy this. I don't remember enjoying this. Yeah, I have yeah, formed yeah. no memory of this summer special. I mean, the whole summer special here. And that can only be because I've read it all and it wasn't very good the first time. Yeah. And then there's this strip here, which, I mean, frankly, how many pages is this? Could this have been a poster mag they never printed? It is six pages, so that's as long as a poster mag strip. Well, anyway, it fits in with them perfectly. And, and apart from anything else... Because we have Mike Hadley. Yeah, because uh, his work on this isn't bad or anything, but, but there's nothing that... I mean, he did colour Porker's jacket the wrong colour on the last page. That's my biggest issue, you know. It's red instead of black. <laughs> and it all takes place in some kind of icy zone, snowy and icy zone. I don't know where it is. Yes. Yeah, this is where the Paradise Dome is located. I, and again, I, I get the impression that maybe the idea is that this fake character ryan o'neill built this here specifically because it is a snowy and icy yes everybody would be too cold so they want to go to the beach yeah yes it would make sense to have a a sort of little indoor tropical butlins type place (laughs) in the middle of a of a cold and rainy aisle i do like the the final beat though whenever uh tails is like that holiday wasn't much fun and sonic's maybe not for you dudes but i had great fun bashing robotnik and when he's finally defeated Every day will be a holiday. And I, I like that. I, I like that. It's a, it's a good line to go out on. I yeah, it is. Yeah. Before we move on, there's something I'd like to point out that's uh, particular to my copy here, mm. which is that uh, on this last page of the Sonic strip, there are uh, a number of uh, sort of spots which indicate that some drink was spilt oh, on this. And, uh, no. and they are that telltale sort of orangey-brownish colour that these days I would assume I dropped some tea uh, onto it, but I wasn't mm-hmm. drinking tea then. So what this means is that I must have had a little can of Coke. It was the summer I had a little can of Coke. Just uh, the the image of you know the image of a child with a Sonic holiday special and a little can of Coke. That is the summeriest image that I can conjure up. You know, I'll have had a little baseball cap on backwards. <laughs> I'll have had I'll have had sunglasses on, Chris, and because uh, I was that cool of a dude. And I'll have had shorts on. It will have been a summer day. I'll have probably had some pick and mix. Just those little little brown circles really tell a story of a lovely summer's day, and I'm I'm happy to to go back to it. So yeah, this ain't this ain't so hot. It, it, I mean, it's it's as we often say with these. If this is if this was a year ago, it's definitely better than Doctor Sun. Oh yeah, because it's shorter. Actually, I'm sitting there and thinking, is it? Is it better than Dr. Son, or is it just shorter? Hmm. Because Dr. Son had some interesting ideas in it that just sort of didn't go anywhere. The whole That's cult true. thing, and were the kids brainwashed or not. But but that was actually the source of our confusion, wasn't it? And it didn't really go anywhere or mean anything. Listen, they were both pretty weird and bad, and they both <laughs> treaded on the same twist, which is one that really just doesn't fit with the world of SDC, as we understand it now two years in. But it's short, you can say that much. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And so let's move on from it. Yes. Next page after the strip is uh, Sonic and Knuckles going at it. Ooh, plump. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's great. (laughs) Isn't it great? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's the poster from... uh, Same old picture. From poster mag number eight. Mm. And it's just lovely to see it here because we didn't have the poster then. That's right. It just looks it looks great, doesn't it? It's a great drawing. Love it. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so it's just the clean art, except in the bottom corner it says Sonic and Knuckles. And it's written in the same font as the title bar of Holiday Hotspot, which is the same font as was used for all the title bars in last year's summer special as well. 
Oh. So there's it's a it's a janky, dumb, cartoonish-looking font, which is it's fine on its own, honestly. But once again, it's the fact that they didn't use the actual Sonic title bar on the strip is another point against it that makes it feel like not right. Yeah, but what I do appreciate is that what the text says is Sonic and Knuckles. It doesn't say pin up. That's true. It doesn't say poster. It says Sonic and Knuckles, which is what... That's fine. You're allowed to put the names of the characters on it. For some reason, I accept that as part of an acceptable poster that you can put up. Um, Hey, listen, if there's anyone who listens to this podcast but doesn't follow our social media, maybe I ought to point out that what we're referencing is not just the little song edit that I made at the end of our last Poster Mag special. One Chop animated a music video for Sonic and Knuckles going at it, and you can go and have a look. YouTube, going at it, going across the at it, Sonic the Comic the Podcast animated by One Chop. It's a fantastic little video. You should see it. It's brilliant. I tell you, I I shared that on my own YouTube channel, and... Suffice to say, I don't think there's a lot of crossover between my viewers on YouTube <laughs> and the listeners on this podcast, because aghast uh, <laughs> would be a way to describe the reaction, <laughs> thinking I'd been hacked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope we don't lose you any subscribers <laughs> with I'll our be podcast. All right, I think. <laughs> <laughs> This is the first appearance, I wasn't expecting this, because I think of this as a back of the comic advert, but now I realise, you know all that stuff I said at the top of the episode about how this puts me back, I didn't have many memories about having this, but the general sense of it... Chris, I know exactly what holiday I was on when I got this. Alright, right. Now that I think about it, I might have to nip off and find this in a minute. I'm going to nip off and find it. Hang on. I've got oh, a vi- okay. This, all right. this all is right. for you, but I'll scan it for the... Oh, okay. All right. Hang on. I bet if I can't find this as quickly as I think I can, I'll just come back. But I think I can find it. Okay. 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 Yeah. So the summer of 1995, which of course this was, I do remember us going and staying somewhere and me sitting on the floor peering at this advert because this is an advert... For for Kellogg's Frosties, but it's not. It's not just an advert for Frosties the no, cereal. No, it's another. It's another Frosties giveaway. We've had to, we've had some good times with the Frosties adverts in recent memory, from Monster in My Pocket to Gladiators and stuff. Yeah, these do some good stuff. Frosties. Yeah, Frosties had the best giveaways, didn't they? <laughs> didn't really? they? Yeah. Back on it. yeah, yeah. I didn't even remember. Like my, I, I had no memory that this was a Frosties thing specifically. Mm. No, this is about the upcoming. Power Rangers movie. Oh, it is specifically, isn't it? Yeah, I sort of didn't even register. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing. Free Power Rangers in special packs now, set of six to collect. Ickle figures, boomers. Ickle figures, boomers. It says, calling all Mighty Morphin Power Rangers fans, look out for Kellogg's Frosty's latest fantastic offer for free Power Rangers models. There's six to collect, featuring all your favourite characters. Plus, for the first time, the ultimate new white power right yeah there's a mm, the, um, you see I, th- I thought you were taking a very long dramatic pause to specifically avoid that mm, the, yeah let's leave a little pause there power ranger this was the thing i'm pretty sure that the actual 
proper branding of Power Rangers. I'm fairly sure they never said those words in that order on the series. Yeah, well, it's, everyone else here is listed as the Red Power Ranger and the yeah. Pink Power Ranger and such. And yeah, I'm pretty sure they actually just call them the Red Ranger, the Pink Ranger, the Yellow Ranger, the White Ranger. It's, they yeah. certainly used to say the White Ranger, yes. Yes. Um, in fact, they, they used to say the White Tiger Ranger to get around that, I think. Did whenever they? they yeah, the, the, the White Tiger... Sometimes, I think. Deeply so. unnecessary on account of you just say White Ranger. Yes, yeah, so I said figures there, but they do say models because they are actually just little unposable half-painted figurines. No, they, yeah, they're just, they, they'll be tiny little rubber things. Tiny, they are six centimetres tall. Actual size, 60 millimetres. It says it there. I don't remember now if this was the first time I saw the White Ranger. Probably not. I bet he'd been on telly by this time. That's what I'm wondering, all right, because they're making such a big deal out of mm. it. And it, I had to look twice to see that all the images here are of their Ninja Zord animals. Not even the Thunder Zord animals. Yeah. Yeah, they've got little coins because well, they get them in the film. Yeah, so everything that's here is the ninja stuff, yeah. So I'm big into Power Rangers at this point, right? We've also, I seem to remember, got a couple of issues of the Power Rangers comic that was coming out at the time and wasn't very good with us. Oh God, no. Jesus, I remember that. (laughs) It was awful. And so we're all into Power Rangers, and yes, this movie is coming up. And this will have been one of the first times we saw what they were going to look like in it, because this is the point. This is why this is so exciting. These aren't the Power Rangers from the TV series. What they did for the film is they changed them from just a sort of body stocking of spandex into these what looked like interlocking parts, sort of like... It was meant to look like some sort of ceramic or metallic kind of armour. Of course, it was just rubber or whatever, but... Yeah, yeah. This is the first time I had any reference for what those are going to be and what all of these little cracks and lines and designs all over them are going to be so that's funny now because i did not get that from looking at this ad i just thought that that was just the sculpted muscle lines on the figurines i mean honestly they're similar lines but no this is them showing off the new design for the power rangers which was can you say that to me with a hundred percent certainty can you look me in the eye and say these little six centimeter figures with overly sculpted muscle lines are 100% definitely supposed to represent the redesigns of the Ranger costumes from the movie. I definitely can. Have a look at the around the knees. Have a look at the shoulder pads on the red one, for instance. They've got shoulder pads now, which they didn't on TV. They've got these, like, radial lines coming out from their knees. Oh, yeah, right enough, right enough. So I sat there on the floor... And I drew them all, Chris. Oh, you look at that! Oh, right. Well, no, and I have Dave here. has found an old sketchbook or or notepad or some such. Yeah, it's one of those square notepads that you were supposed to keep by the side of the phone. But of course, I it was a perfect portable sketchbook to take both to school and on holiday. And yeah, I've got here a white ranger with all of his little bits all over his uh, body. And I've also drawn some of my own. I've got a silver ranger moth. I've got a gold ranger stoat, and I've got a brown ranger. Yeah, and I've got a brown ranger hair. Now the thing is, I don't know what a stoat is, so I don't know like how I knew then what one was. That's just wildlife book learning. Yeah, must have been. Yeah, the stoat and the hair, and it's like what undynamic animals. But then you remember one of the rangers was a frog at this point. Exactly. And I've got. I've also drawn a crocodile one and a shark one. See, those, those are, are proper ones. Power Rangers animals. Yeah, that's the sort of proper thing. exciting animals. None of that Power Rangers of Farthing Wood stuff <laughs> you got going on there. Now you're talking. Yeah. Andy's Rangers. 
Those ones you designed oh, for... Andy's Rangers. So, no, my brother will have come up with those, and I'll have just drawn, drawn them. them for him. Well, your brother had his head on straight then. He did. He's much better at it than I was, yeah. And let me just check if this is the pad. No, this must have been the year later. Okay, yeah. It's just that the previous year, in another pad uh, very similar to this, which I'm going to have to dig out, I remember writing... A detailed comedy story, right? And it was, and I, oh, it was the funniest I'd ever been. I was, I was like, oh, I'm brilliant. I'm writing this hilarious story. (laughs) That's the next Patreon project, then. And what this was, I remember going round that day on holiday, just telling Andy this hilarious story, just ad libbing, just making up jokes. We were both falling about laughing. And what it was, can you see if you could even like see if you can imagine something as ludicrous as this premise, right? What the story was about was, imagine if, imagine if, imagine if Princess Diana died. That was the premise of the story. It was called The Case of the Died Die, in which the most unbelievable, ludicrous thing happened, which is that Princess Diana, the people's princess, was killed prematurely at a young age, and all of the antics that would ensue from that. You're a witch. <laughs> And it was like she was in the afterlife and there was comedy characters. I will have to dig it out. (laughs) You need to never write in that pad again. (laughs) You don't know what could happen. I had the death death note. note. I had the original (laughs) death note and that was what I used it on. Well, I'm I'm very sorry. It's not a death note, but maybe if you'd drawn those rangers in in that pad, they would have been real. They would have put the stone Mm. ranger on the TV show. Yeah, power yeah. to ship reality in the palm of your hand. <laughs> so there you go. I've been looking forward to this advert coming up for ages because I've so fond memories of it. And now, it. Thank you, Summer Special. I've I've now learned that yes, this must have been what I had with me that week. Not a normal issue of STC with it on the back cover. I bet it was this. Yeah. I bet we got it on the way to this very holiday. Oh, the memories. I've got to say, though, mm. what a rubbish ad it is. <laughs> like, not, not, from, I deny not it. from an it's actual brilliant. showing off the thing that it is kind of thing. Uh, they, yeah. they've done, there are the figures and everything. The archivist and technical writer and wiki editor <laughs> and YouTube essayist in me uh-huh. is affronted by the inconsistency of these character write-ups. <laughs> Chris, I've not even read them. What does it say? The Red Ranger is a martial arts expert with awesome skills. Sure. Just him, is it? Just the red one? Doesn't yep. apply to anyone else, does it? Those <laughs> that, are his unique features. That's his that you're special gonna characteristic. Yeah, yeah, okay, right. The Pink Power Ranger is a strong, independent champion gymnast whose weapon is the battle bow. Absolutely fine, no problem Correct. at all. Good write-up. Hits the big points. Individual, unique character trait, special weapon. No problem, okay. Yep. The Blue Power Ranger is a possible genius. I take issue with oh. that. I don't think there's anything <laughs> possible about it, but that's not my point. Sometimes he's too intelligent for the others to understand. He draws his powers from the Wolf Ninja Zord, and thus we hit our first major inconsistency, Dave. We've got a nice description of his personality no problem at all but sure. here we've been it's the only one the first one to mention the zord yep. why didn't you mention the zord in the other two yep. and why haven't you mentioned his weapon whenever the pink ranger got hers mentioned especially since the thing that happens in the film is that for the first time in the uk because we absolutely hadn't had these episodes yet that was our introduction to the ninja zords this was the first time we were finding out what zord of this set 
they have. So we know what Billy's is. We literally don't know and have to guess from these slightly abstract coin illustrations what the others even are. I mean, Yellow Ranger does okay. A determined Power Ranger who always speaks her mind. The Yellow Power Ranger's power comes from the Bear Ninja Zord. Mm -hmm. Bear, no problem again. Doesn't mention the weapon. We seem to have decided to forego the weapons. That's fine. Just means the Pink Ranger is the one in error here. All right. Mm -hmm. But the poor Black Power Ranger. The Black Power Ranger draws his power from the frog. His weapon is the Power Axe and he drives the frog Ninja Zord. Well, that's a Tony Takushi right over the Black Ranger, it, if ever I it, heard one. You got it. It's the bullet points with no description of personality and, you know, saying he draws his power. For, I mean, whenever the Blue Ranger and the Yellow Ranger, their power comes from their animal ninja Zord, where they've decided to split power from and Zord into two completely different talking points on the Black Ranger because they had so little to work with. I can't wait to learn what's going on with the White Ranger. Dude, the White Ranger is the ultimate ranger and stars Ooh. in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Just him, none of the others, because they didn't <laughs> feel the need to mention it, obviously. <laughs> They're also in the movie. Come on, people. Come That's on. It. We learn nothing about him. Oh, this would have been bounced back from my desk. One thing that they would have had to work against is the fact that these characters don't really have separate personalities. They are all independent spirits, and, like, that's it's kind of... Well, strong, independent champion gymnast and possible yep. genius... That's, yeah, I she's grant a gymnast. you, I couldn't tell you he's anything about the other four. Martial artists... Mm -hmm. Yeah, They're all martial artists. Um, the Red Ranger... Well... He's the man. He's one. the man one. <laughs> and also, it's a new one. He's, like... Yes, in the series, right. they've swapped the cast, but again, in the UK, that hadn't happened yet. So this was when we met. Well, well yeah, no, these these the new characters were introduced like halfway through the second season, but they didn't get the. They just became the existing Rangers with the Thunder Swords and everything. Yes. They didn't actually get the ninja powers no. until the third season, but that hadn't even aired in America yet in summer '95. The, the, I did not. The, no, no, the the movie uh, came first. I see. I was always under the impression that what happened there was that due to the normal sorts of delays that we have with them or used to have with them. American things. That was why all of this stuff was introduced to me in the film rather than in the TV series. Because then, when it eventually came on in the TV series and they got their Ninja Zords and it contradicted the story, I already. Yes, it's a totally different story, yeah. That was when I stopped watching Power Rangers. That was it. They'd done it for me. I was like, right, Broke screw it. you then. Yeah. Broke your suspension of disbelief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a weird choice. The movie really is just a completely distinct thing off on its own. It yeah. is the Power Rangers movie instead of being, you know, part of the ongoing canon a la something like Transformers the movie. The other weird thing about the Power Rangers movie, which I was ultimately disappointed by and didn't like, was that, like, neither was it a proper next episode, nor was it a standalone movie in the yeah. vein of a Turtles or something. It was like, here are all the guys you know, here are all the characters you know, except they're all wrong and weird. And here's the story of how they get a new set of powers and toys that you can buy in shops now yeah and then here's that story again a few months later on television yeah and they also had like here's zordon but he's wrong that's not what zordon looks like and they got oh, that wrong i mean see like i had absolutely no problem just seeing budget and being like yep that's why that looks different i i've never had any kind of issue with like a difference in in visual consistency mm. based on budget or aesthetic style you know here's power rangers that and it looks a little bit less complete <laughs> 
You know, generally I would agree with that, but in the case of the Power Rangers movie, it skirts the line of still looking quite... It does. That it kind of... It put the lie to that. So, like, you know, if it had looked like the 2017 one or whatever, I'd be like, yeah, great, here we go, Power Rangers... That's why I said a little bit. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think I just got confused as to why certain things that didn't look any better still got redesigned. Like the the command center or whatever. Like, that didn't look better. It just was another one. But, um... No, the main thing... I got a suspicion. I know where you're going with this, but I want to see. It's the pig thing or it's whatever it was. It's the pig guy! I knew you were going to get it on that pig guy. Yeah, see him. Same I as mean... with Masters of the Universe before it. That here is a random villain character who everyone's pretending they already knew and was a part of the series when he wasn't. Well, Masters of the Universe is a bit... It's a completely separate thing, obviously, the film. Yeah, but w- tell that to me when I'm five. Like, I sure. couldn't tell what was going on there. Um, but yeah, with Power Rangers, it purported to be part of the series, and until they contradicted it, I accepted it as that. Yeah, why, and why wouldn't you? No, and then here's this random villain sidekick who's like, oh yeah, I'm that guy. We all know me, right? And uh, no, we didn't. But I found out recently that that was because they were going to have it, that he's like, that they were going to put a line in where he's like, yes. oh yeah, he's Babu's cousin or Visiting like or something. Go- Goldar's cousin or Goldar's something. Because, yeah, because the rest of the monsters aren't in it, are they? It's just Goldar yeah. and the pig guy. That's the thing! Throw in... And now I appreciate that what it is is that they didn't own that costume because it was from a 70s Japanese TV series or whatever. But, I mean, it's not <laughs> as if that... Well, it's hard to know where uh, they'd got to the point where they were literally rebuilding the costumes from scratch to film their own unique footage. And it's not as if, I mean, they even used a different Lord Zed costume, so it's not as if they could have made a different, I don't know, what are the names of the guys? Babu is one, whoever the other ones are. Squat is the other one. Yes. Remember, though, readers, I don't like Fire Rangers, I just (laughs) want that on the record. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Chris knows squat about Power Rangers. Oh! Hey! hey. I was always terminally amused by the fact that they they would specifically hire, like, a new actress to play Rita, (laughs) and then yet still have Barbara Goodson dub the voiceover for consistency's sake. Wonderful. (laughs) Anyway, this has been an exceptionally long Power Rangers digression. (laughs) Okay, yeah, let's uh, let's move on from that. Yes. So, go, go, Power Rangers. We've got a comic to do. <laughs> Next is the Green Eater story. Now, this... Was this just in STC, or was this a yep, post this, No, this is, the, this is the odd one out. Yes, yeah. this is from issue 15 of STC. Yeah. Really randomly. So, we've already covered most of what's left. Oh, yeah, we're the... not going into the strips here. No, no. we're not we're doing, doing this again. all again, you know. No, go back to our original uh, versions. I'm not even going to... We're, we're not the kind of podcast that does repeats. So I'm not going to do a clip no. show. Should we, well, I'll tell you what, Dave. Let's just give them a breakdown of what's in this. Okay. So we've got the Green Eater from issue 15. Then we've got uh, the Kid Cruel Caper from yes. Poster Mag number three. Mm-hmm. Then uh, we skip over Poster Mag four because it was the Shinobi one, so it's not reprinted. We've got Ocean of Horror from Poster Mag number five. Mayhem in the Marble Zone from Poster Mag number six. We skip Poster Mag number seven because it was Streets of Rage, so it's not reprinted. But we also skip poster mag number eight even though we have the poster from it we don't have the strip which was the um chaos emerald thief pretty much the oh. worst one I th- apart from yes. uh, terrible racism aside the worst uh, <laughs> the worst of the poster mag strips and we end on trapped in the vortex from poster mag number nine the final poster mag so it's an almost complete set of sonic strips from the poster mm. mag because one and two were text features about the cartoon and the games uh, so we're uh, as far as the sonic strips from the poster mag we're only missing number eight which does make you wonder 
why they didn't print that instead of the Green Eater. So you could have had a complete mm. set of Sonic strips from the poster <laughs> yeah. mag in one magazine. Yeah. But there are little uh, text features and, and other things that were g- sprinkled in between these strips in addition to exceptionally long Power Rangers advert digressions. Uh, we got the Green Eater, we got the Kid Cruel Caper, but uh, you had something you wanted to read out about the Kid Cruel Caper, David? Yeah, so um, quite recently... Called um, you David there for some reason? Not sure why. <laughs> it's because we're being very serious now. Yes, this is a serious moment for a serious matter. So, long-term listeners will remember that we had to cover something quite unfortunate in one of the poster mags, which was the Kid Cruel story, in which one of the main characters in it, the villain in it, is just what we, I think then as now, but certainly now, simply wouldn't put in a comic because we recognise it as just a racist stereotype. Astoundingly so. Yeah, like, not even anything else. It's not even, oh, that's a bit iffy. Like, it is 100%... A character you wouldn't draw, like, we've seen specific examples of it brought up in, like, banned cartoons and stuff. You know, it's the pimp character. And that's what it is, complete with everything. Gold tooth, all of it. Made all the worse for the fact that the character is an anthropomorphic monkey. Yeah. But we're not going to, like, we, you know, we didn't just skip over it. We had to cover it. We had to tell you about it. No, we've taken that apart in the dedicated Poster Mag episode already. You can go back and listen to it again. We Mm. don't want to dwell on it any longer than we need to. But I must say, part of me was sort of hoping that Nigel Kitching wouldn't listen to that episode. (laughs) Yes, Sam. (laughs) And he did. But he did. (laughs) And uh, and no, he he recognises it as well. And so he was looking through scripts to send to us for future episodes. And he said this to me. He said, as I've been looking through, I found this. My original description of Kid Cruel. I've been wondering what I asked the artist for after hearing your review. So this is the description. This is what was originally given to Mike Hadley to draw. Big title panel. Kid Cruel has leapt into the room accompanied by half a dozen coconuts. Kid Cruel is a human. First of all, no, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is not keen on that. No, well, we've already established that this was at around the time when Kitching was still trying to do these things. We had the yeah. little human guys in uh, Girl Trouble, remember, who told Robotnik they needed to redesign his image. There's yeah. another instance somewhere of Kitching calling for a little cartoon human like Robotnik. I mean, he specifically stipulated they were little cartoon people, but still, yeah. no, we knocked that on the head. Well, this is that other example. Yeah, it says Kid Cruel. Oh, right, 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 right. Kid Cruel is a human, but like Dr. Robotnik, make him a very exaggerated human. Go for a wild Ralph Steadman look. Um, that's an artist. Um, and, and he's drawn so many things that I don't know what in this particular case he meant particularly. But anyway, I have no fixed view of his appearance, but I'll list some possibilities of the the kind of thing that I'm looking for. And then, here it is, a black man in a zoot suit with a gold watch chain and jewellery he has a large gold front tooth maybe he looks like a pimp he definitely carries a cane with a gold top perhaps modelled into some kind of figure he should have a bit of Jack Nicholson's Joker about him and it would make sense to bear in mind the Kid Creole reference as well maybe you could use a spiv look but whatever you do he needs to be a flamboyant character who looks rich but has no class Jimmy Savile comes to mind (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh mercy. And then and then Nigel stops and goes, Oh, you can you can hear you can feel him realizing what he started typing because he goes, If you decide to make him black, watch out you don't come up with an offensive stereotype. And uh, unfortunately that is what happened. I'm curious then who said don't make him a, a human. 
Mm. It doesn't feel like the, de- the a decision Hadley would have made on his own. Well, wait. I mean, do we know he isn't? I mean, he does kind of fit the... No, he's definitely a gorilla. Look at him. He's oh, good. no, he's got a little black nose. Yeah. yeah, but wait, though. He's got a little black nose, which a gorilla doesn't have. He's, he's still an animal. He's That's the thing. That's what's happened. They've made him into an animal. And, and with the big space around his mouth and the ears, all you can do is see it as a monkey nose or no nose. Because I say nose because the other monkeys don't have a separate coloured nose. That's the thing. That's true, actually. You know? But he's not a person. I don't no. think. Is he? Well, again, we've it's had this in nose. STC yeah, before. I suppose, when, I suppose when you really look at it, the only thing that's distinctly marking him as non-human is the little black button animal nose. Oh, wait. And also, he has Mickey Mouse-style separation of eye place and hair place. Do you know what I mean? He's got, like, two arches yes, around his eyes. Yes, yes. Yeah. And that's it. So, yeah, there was this sort of, like... Someone realised it. Someone. And all the same, <laughs> a ball was dropped somewhere yeah. along the way. It's at least somewhat reassuring to know that somewhere down the chain, someone <laughs> went... Wait uh, a minute. Put up their hand and went, hold on, just mind out. Even yeah. if once the script left Kijik's <laughs> computer... That ball was hatelessly dropped. And uh, Nigel does add, you'll notice I was casting Savile as a villain even back then. <laughs> <laughs> Seems rich, but has no class. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, it's interesting that we can bring that onto the podcast anyway. It's a wonder we didn't get this more often, because STC was written on the exact moment when... Like, the British comics industry, and include it, and this is the thing, I've spoken fondly about things like the B-Note, Buster, but they all did this. Yeah, yeah. I'm 100% sure that there was a strip in the B-Note and or the Dandy yeah. that was just about a character where the, th- as opposed to, is incredibly rich or yeah. plays football very well or is child at private school, mm. where his thing was, <laughs> is Indian. Yeah. I can't tell you the character's name, but Little Plum. Yeah, that's... Yes. Yeah, just remembered it suddenly. Yeah, yeah. that's it. And those were... The, yeah, and and here is one of them, the pimp character, who, like... Th- this comic is the fulcrum around which... that This is the moment when the British comics industry noticed that that's one that we shouldn't do anymore. It happened during this strip, and nobody was quick enough to stop it going out the door. <laughs> and then they reprinted it a year later, so, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's the fact that they chose to reprint it. That is... Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, if you were going to skip any of the poster mags in favour of reprinting the one you skipped... Mm. I am just, like, surprised and relieved that this only has come up once or twice in the comic. When Yes, we've been fortunate. Yeah. We were worried back at the time when we did the poster mag, I remember, that there was maybe yeah. going to be a load of stuff that... Uh, no, some of the most offensive stuff has come in from the, uh, from the kids at home, sending in their, their pictures to the graphic zone and such... Um, yeah, there's one coming up soon. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Whereas STC, maybe by dint of the fact that STC does deal in animals more than it does people, that we haven't had to deal with a lot of that sort of thing, and like any examination of a, any other comic coming out at the same time would have had a lot of these. <laughs> so that's good. Um, but here is one, and there we go. And, yeah. What's after it, though? Uh, 
this bus. Yeah, the Sega bus is back. The Sega in two action tour. That's the is number go. two in yes, two in action. two action is go. So join the 1995 road show. I don't, why is it two? Is that just is to be cool, or this, is there a first one they did? Well, is this the second time the Sega buses were unleashed upon the world? Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's a, a refit of the buses. Cause... I mean, I remember talking about the buses. That was in 93. So were were they not kicking about in 94? And they've, they've taken 94 off and they're back for 95? Or is this the third one and the two is just cool text speaking? Well, here's the problem. It says in the column, if you were lucky enough to catch one of them in 94, you'll know the Sega bus is a lot of fun. So what it could be is that in 94 they still look the same as they did in 93 and now they've been repainted with this smoking campaign. And I realise now I've seen this page floating around on the internet as an example of the fact that briefly, Knuckles was involved in an anti-smoking campaign. Oh, I didn't... Okay, I didn't read... Mm. I didn't interpret the crossover there properly. Mm. What we have is a big photo of the Sega bus, but it looks completely different. It used to be white with Sonic and Tails's on it and all of the imagery that I now associate with the Chris Evans era of Sega advertising. Yes. Um, but now it's mostly yellow. It's not very illustrated, actually. It's one of those ones where they've painted over the windows as well, and so it kind of gives it this impression of a big banner. It's just got Sonic in the middle, a little tiny tails running along in the background, and Sonic is... Oh, I was going to say he's saying, but he isn't. There's just a bit of incidental design that made it look like a, a balloon tail, but actually I don't mm, think it maybe is. It's not. No, no. But it has a big sign on it that says, Smoking? Who needs it? Copyright 1994, Sega <laughs> Enterprises Limited. <laughs> Very proud of that uh, phrase. Smoking? Who needs it? Um, the mega-hot Sega buses are on the road again for the 95 summer season, and the temperatures will be soaring as they park their wheels in a town near you. They'll be visiting one-off family events, holiday centres, theme parks, and a host of other exciting venues. Entry to the bus is free, and your stay on board is a guaranteed thrill-seeking experience as the Sega crew. Watch out for their water pistols. <laughs> invite you to join them. You, I come on your bus and you spray me with a water pistol. <laughs> yeah, and with all these electronics around. Watch out. I won't have it. Invite you to join them in a mobile video games party. Yeah, but it's making me happy. Again, it's painting the same picture this whole issue is for me of where the comic doesn't matter because I'm on a hot day and I've got my shorts on and I've got my <laughs> cap on and it's hot and I do want someone to squirt me with a water pistol. We're squirting each other with water pistols. We've got the little sketch out. We throw it, you know the little sketch, you know the little circular Velcro thing you yes, put on your hand yes, and you yes. throw and a Velcro you catch ball. The ball when they say, yes. Yeah, we got that out. We're having a lovely time. We might, maybe we're on the beach where the sketch doesn't work so well. You need a bounce. But, you know, look what you get to do. You can compete in the Sega Challenge to win exclusive Sega t shirts. Hey, fair. I want an exclusive Sega t shirt. You can play the newest Sega games. There's Striker and Ristar on the Mega Drive, and the fast moving Virtua Racing Deluxe, Metalhead, and Chaotix on the 32X. Uh, I was worried for a minute there because we were. All of those games were ones that I'm like, don't care, don't care, don't care. Have <laughs> I, 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 I grown out of my Sega phase already? But then Chaotix, I would have really wanted to go on that. Thank goodness. Whew. Pit your wits against our experts in the two-player games. So it's Virtua Racing that you're playing them against there, yeah. isn't it? And try all the very latest Sega consoles. So <laughs> that one of them, then. <laughs> and everyone's a winner, as you'll all get a special Sega goodie bag. Oh, now that's what you're talking about, because entry to the bus was free. So you're going to hand me yeah. free swag just for getting on your bus? Hell yeah. yeah. I found a picture of the badge they gave away. but I Oh, really? Else. Yeah. Oh, what was the badge? Uh, it's just a little yellow button with the Sega Into Action logo on it in red and blue. 
And does it say smoking who needs it? It does not. Oh, right. Well, light up then, kids. Um, <laughs> for something like this, where you just get on a bus and for no reason they squirt you with a water pistol and give you a bag of goodies, I'm finding it really difficult not to imagine that there's a small slice of cake wrapped in a napkin in there or something. That's the energy at work here, right? <laughs> And obviously they've got bloke in Knuckles costume there as well. Meet Knuckles, it loudly proclaims. Yes! Oh, that's the other reason I've seen this page before, because this is the one and only photo of the Knuckles costume, probably. No, we've seen it somewhere before. You think? Yeah, definitely, even in the comic, even. Well, okay, one of two then. But of course, as we all know... Knuckles was He pink. is pink. Pink, pink. Here he is. Pink, <laughs> bright pink pink spandex tights interesting they they like i don't know why but i'm interested in the fact that they got his shoes right do you know what i mean you'd think they would skimp <laughs> on that but no he's got his full knucklesy shoes um has he got knuckles i can't see any i can't um, really see any knuckles they mm, could be so i think they're there but they're just kind of soft lumps slight floppy lumps yeah and and very exaggerated womble looking face and very tall eyes that he's got they're, they're having trouble making the eyes work again very much uh, engineered based on that single pink knuckles yeah. promotional image we, we've seen passed around and quite right too quite right too uh, <laughs> and it says so live for 1995 bus hotline to find out if the sega bus is visiting your area call the bus hotline please make sure you have the permission of the person who pays the bill before you call calls recharge yes calls a recharged per minute cheap rate and 48p per minute at all other times cbh and sega cannot be held responsible for the last minute changes to the schedule and, and along the bottom it's that was in a little box along the bottom it says call the hotline number which by the way 0891 so dial now see what you get <laughs> call the hotline number uh, don't dial it because we will not be liable for the charge and make sure you don't miss the bus you never know when sega's in quote marks Computer, computer Roadshow road show. God. <laughs> might turn up. Right, two things there. These newfangled computers. One, you do know when it's going to turn up because you've just been told to call the hotline that tells you. And two, yeah, what? Computer Roadshow? It's never said Computer Roadshow anywhere else. You never know where, perhaps, is the... Um, <laughs> right. Because you don't know where it's going to be in the location because to find out if it's visiting your area, call the hotline. That's yes. so you should call the hotline because you never know where it could turn. Yes, but you'll never know when. Nothing you can do will tell you when. I feel like I'm doing a lot of 25 year late copy editing on this special. <laughs> yeah, where were you in 95? Well, we know. I know. I was in uh, North Devon on this holiday that I was on. <laughs> I was walking to Tesco. <laughs> All right, that's quite enough of that feature. Let's turn over to our two page centerfold. Oh, yes. Poster. Oh. <laughs> The main guys. It's the cover of issue number thirty-eight. The Richard Elson drawing of Sonic and Knuckles. One yes. of his. One of his. One of the only covers from the original Sonic Three adaptation run of six issues, where we actually got to put Knuckles on the bloody cover. <laughs> That's right. And this is the one where it's not the one where they're facing off against each other. No, it's the one it's where the it's one two where Knuckles of them is punching out other. and Sonic's in the background. I'm pretty sure we said at the time when we had the cover, that that should be a poster and we would have put that up as a poster yes. and we couldn't remember yeah. if they'd ever done it as a poster and I didn't remember they'd done it as a poster until I saw it in this. Yeah, and it's... What a good poster this is. Yes, Great the perfect one. choice. Yeah, I'm surprised, honestly, even being me, I'm surprised this remains in the comic. Yeah. Especially since it's a summer holiday special that doesn't matter. 
I'm surprised I didn't take this one out and put it up. But it's made on bad paper, so why would you want to pin bad paper up on your wall? Mm, would I have recognised that at the time? That's a question. Maybe, yeah. I know, I, I, I feel like I said it already. I feel like I did recognise it, so yeah. I think you would have done, yeah. I don't know why, I just think the, yeah, I think you would have been fussier about that sort of thing than me. Oh, I mean, I didn't, I really didn't make a habit of pulling out posters, though, so I wouldn't no, have done no, it anyway. No. The quality of paper, one way or t'other. Yes. After the poster, we got the Ocean of Horror story with Supersonic from poster mag number five. And then we have a little the cover feature, the feature that was advertised on the cover, a double page spread. Sonic and Knuckles go head to head. Dave, I hate this. (laughs) And I I shouldn't. I really shouldn't because it's a a little profile. It's, you know, Uh it's it's a little top trumps squaring off of of Knuckles and Sonic. Uh, Reusing at the center of the page the lovely, again, the the other cover Richard Elson did for the original uh, Sonic uh, 3 adaptation. Everyone's favorite, I think. Yeah. The cover of issue number 37, where Sonic and Knuckles both have their jukes up, their noses almost pressed against one another. Right one. The copy says, Sonic... Hedgehog and Knuckles the Echidna first went head to head, or rather, head to dreadlock. (laughs) Right, stop. No, they've both got a head. Thank you, editor of this. In the classic game, Sonic and Knuckles. No, they didn't. They went head to head in Sonic 3. Sonic 3. Yeah, which came out last October. This followed hot on the heels of the Echidna's highly popular first appearance in Sonic 3. Okay, so they know that. They know it exists. What the? Yeah. So is he rivaling Sonic himself for the title of top spiky superstar? No. Let's compare them head to head (laughs) and find out. So we got profiles. We got like the bullet pointed vital statistics. And there's a big problem with them though. They're not the same between the characters. No, they're just they're random jokey ones. factoids. You can't compare them. Most of them aren't actually facts about the character. They're just like a jokey response to the thing that they've said. So, yeah. like favorite food, and then it'd be fast food and stuff. You know. Well, well, no, well that's the. Th- it's like, ooh. Mm. okay. Hang on. For, for, positive to start. The one big credit I'll give both of these is that underneath both of them it says age young. And I'm <laughs> I like, like that, yeah. yes, that's perfect. <laughs> that's all they are. Don't put a number on it. Yeah. That's good. And then Knuckles is like, description, looks like an echidna because he is one. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's really funny. And then there's no description for Sonic. In, t- in fact, hang on, because I'm going to call them up on that. It doesn't look anything like an echidna. <laughs> also very true, yes, but <laughs> that's breaking the immersion of the reality there. <laughs> height. It all depends on the height of his dreadlocks. Dreadlocks go down, what? not up. Yeah. What? Or oh. kn- Knuckles' dreadlocks go down. Do you know what? <laughs> that is the first time I've figured out what they're even talking about. That is what they're trying to say. It's like saying it depends on the height of his hat or something. Mm. But it doesn't. It's dreadlocks. What, do you yeah. talk? what a stupid thing. To- this was not written. They didn't do what they did last time and get Nigel in. No, this, this is, is not-, not written by Kitching or Stringer. I mean, this doesn't even feel like it has Deborah Tate or Richard Burton's hand on it. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah, know who, I don't know who, who did worked this. on this. But th- there's they- no credits. Yeah. I've been desperate to try and find out, but there's no credits anywhere in the issue. Yeah, they deserve to remain anonymous because we'll find <laughs> them and hunt them down. <laughs> Many hands. Speed. Almost as speedy as Sonic. Nope. But he can fly. Nope. nope. <laughs> he can glide. <laughs> Occupation, Guardian of the Chaos Emeralds. Address, yep. the floating island. Sure. Fine, fine. Favorite food. Right. Finger food. Ah, uh, because it's uh, like, cause cause hands cause knuckles, 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 like a hand's knuckles. knuckles. <laughs> 
this is going to take some producing to make something presentable out of this bullshit. <laughs> Knuckle Duster Burgers. What the what? hell is that? What on earth Knuckle is that? Duster Burgers. It's not a pun. Is that, was there, briefly, was that a thing in the 90s, a knuckle duster burger? I've never heard of it. I swear, Dave, you know, I've been listening back to some old episodes, and the charitable, your your charitable nature with which (laughs) you approach this horse is to be applauded. (laughs) A lot of times in the earliest episodes, your gut instinct is to go, is that a reference to something we don't remember? (laughs) Whereas I am just like, what is this And you're like, no, no, I'm sure there must be, you rationalize there must be a reason for this nonsense. Well, it's because what they've done. Okay, then. All right, it's not being charitable. Then what they've done is they've gone knuckles, uh, knuckles, e, uh, knuckles, um, knuckle dusters. That's a knuckles reference. Knuckle duster. How do I make that food? Burgers <laughs> and fruit juice punch. Okay, so that you one know, like a hands punch. <laughs> that one. Okay, that is a kind of food that has to do with knuckles, right? So fine, but. But, A, there's no reason that would be Knuckles' favourite food. We'd literally just do it. We, there's no point having this. There's no point. These people don't know anything about Knuckles. So all they can do is come up with st- little jokes. Yeah. B, number two, Knuckles' favourite food was on file at that time. It's grapes. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> and his favourite <laughs> colours are pink. Credit, credit goes to that okay. one. Because, yep. as we all know. Fine. And ravishing red. Yeah, so this is someone who at least knows about that. Uh, yeah. Isn't that weird? Now, we'll jump over to Sonic's vital stats. Uh-huh. Age, young, speed, supersonic, fine, occupation, leader of the Mobius Freedom Fighters, all good. And then we, then it's just the sheer mm. purple indignance. <laughs> Favorite food, yep. runner beans. Uh, Jam it running. all of the way up you running. so far it comes out the other end. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Then the next one is it starts fast food and at and that you point think, okay got well, it we're back to the end got okay, it yeah because that is the joke anyway that's the joke anyway it's yeah. the, it is in fact the, that's actually the true case that is his favorite yes. food but it's yes. because it's a joke got it uh-huh, uh-huh. But then then they add without a comma so it's mm-hmm. part of the same one yeah, yes fast food bean burgers because of we... the runner bean thing and you're yeah that can only be because of the th- runner beans yeah God, I hate it. I hate it so much. Don't these grown adults know anything about Sonic the Hedgehog? <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, they're in a room full of people who do, and it could have been... I don't know. It's not that. That's not the problem. I'm not annoyed that they've got it wrong, right? I'm not I bothered am. by that. It, it's it's that they've, they've done a joke that isn't one. The only reason they've written that is to, for, for a joke, and they've, they've, they've uh, fucked it up. Yeah. Run, Fast food bean burgers. Now, now, I am now sitting in 2021, which is a time in which, likely as not, someone who goes for a burger may indeed get a veggie burger that may indeed be made of beans. Not true in Night Night 5. That's just a non sequitur. I mean, I, like, if you, if that said favourite food chilli dogs, do you know what, Dave? And I don't know if we've admitted this properly on this podcast. (laughs) We wouldn't even object. No. Because it maps on to our Sonic who loves sodas and burgers and hot dogs and everything. Exactly. It's all good. And it's just oddly does. unique enough that it can be a thing that he has without yeah. So, Fast yeah, food so just say that. Shut up. I mean the fact is, like, even the Japanese games have adopted that fact in the modern day. 
So oh yeah, yeah. That's why it, that's why it's all right. Unless anyway. of course it was uh, our friend Jess Padkin who put the you know, chili dog into the start of uh, Sonic Generations <laughs> when she was producer. <laughs> well, no, they're in other games too. They're at least in what Black Knight. Are they? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a thing. That's a, that's a universal and international thing. Had a chili dog for dinner last night, actually. Oh, you dickhead! <laughs> <laughs> Favorite color, cool blue. I'm okay with that. That's fine. I don't mm. like this one. Favorite TV shows, Beavis and Butthead and mm. Ren and Stimpy. I'm sitting in a weird place with that because, on the one hand, no, I don't like it. That it's human TV shows that they don't have on Mobius. It's it's like, but he is a bit of a knobhead, isn't he? Yeah, but he's not that <laughs> kind of a knobhead. No, no, Beavis and Butthead. It feels like that's been put in there for the um, the mm. dude factor. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. You know, we've talked a little bit about Beavis and Butthead and Bill and Ted and things, and uh, not too long ago in a review zone, but over in our Patreon episodes about the books as well. Yeah, and Ren and Stimpy. It just feels like because that's the edgiest cartoon on television at the time. It feels like it's the only reason it's there. That could be. That they've gone, oh, Sonic's got not just an attitude, but he's a bit abrasive. He's a, if he was a teenager, you knew you wouldn't like him. Fortunately, he's not. He's just young. <laughs> <laughs> but the only reason to put that there is in contrast to whatever Knuckles' favourite TV shows are. And those you can say something about their characters, but he hasn't got favourite TV shows. They haven't done that on his side. Yeah. The rest of these aren't actually so bad. Favourite saying, more haste, more speed. And it's a bit, it's a bit adventures of, but I'm cool, it's alright, that's alright. Now I'll tell you what it is. It's a lyric from the single, Supersonic by HWA. They don't know that. The no, people I was writing say, this that's don't absolutely know that. not yeah, what they're going for here. But because of that, in 1995, I'm reading this going... Indeed, indeed. Indeed, yes, this scan, this scan. <laughs> Best friend, Tails, girlfriend, none, though Amy might disagree. Enemy, Fine. Dr. Robotnik, hobbies, sure. sprinting, playing mm. pinball. Okay. Two, yeah, that's yep. Like, yep. Roller coaster riding, bit odd, yeah. but I'm not going to take too much issue with it. Feels like it's a reference to loops and ramps. Mm, he would if he could. It's one of those things. Yeah. With, uh, Martin Adams Sonic, he plays pinball machines, no question. Definitely. Definitely. When he's Wait, at home, has he, he played play- any at any point? Not that I can remember, Gosh, but he that- would. He definitely would, wouldn't he? That's weird. Why is that such a, an obvious thing that he would do that? <laughs> I don't know. But he would, you're right. Favourite clothes, his bright red old school trainers. So that's all generally all right. It's just that bean thing that annoys I, I me. I am interested in the phrase old school there, because what do they mean by that? They're old school tra- there is old school trainers now. I think it's just they're what he's always worn, so we mm, always mm. wear them, I think is all, is all it means. But yeah, the only comparable data points between these two are their ages, mm. their speeds their occupations their favorite food and their favorite color mm-hmm. and that's not how this works no you can't do any top trumps with that <laughs> no i mean no, to be fair the actual um write-ups of the characters below the little blurbs are perfectly all right fine. actually i can't get down on them at all no they're absolutely fine yeah uh, uh knuckles is what gnarly and impatient doesn't always see eye to eye with sonic they first met his enemies he had been tricked yep, they've made up that. but they're not exactly best friends the lone descendant of a mysterious race who guarded the floating island uses his dreads to glide I'm right i quite like that because even though it doesn't make sense i did always get the impression that that's yeah. how he glid that's what i was gonna say that it was somehow they splay yeah Elson often draws them splaying. Yeah. And sort of like the way the sprite goes in the game, you get the impression <laughs> Knuckles is kind of bunching up his body when the knuckle, you know, the hands come up under the chin. 
and that he's somehow gliding on his spines. Yeah. He's very athletic and his. I wish they'd stop this line about Knuckles having super speed and that's... Uh, even though he can run fast in the games, I just, I don't... Sonic is speed, Knuckles is strength. They've never said in the comic that he can run particularly fast. Like, no. we all we all understood in the game that the reason he runs that speed is the same reason Robotnik runs at that speed and yeah. Tails runs... It's just how to play the game, like. Yeah, yeah it's not as a power. And Sonic's right up. Sonic hits the standstill, won't rest till Dr. Robotnik is defeated. Mobius is free, always keen to right wrongs and sticks by his friends, even when he grows impatient with them. He's undoubtedly the fastest creature in the universe, but he mm-hmm. is cheeky and irreverent. As far as he Sonic is. is concerned, Knuckles takes life a little too seriously, but he's glad the Echidna is a valuable ally rather than a dangerous enemy. And I do feel like the blurb is missing a... Not that he'd ever tell him that at the mm, end. Yes. I feel like you can append that to a lot of, to most things, STC Sonic would say. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just frustrated by the inconsistency of that and the fact that it's focus. I mean, nonsense. Oh, what is my life that I'm taking issue with the fact that this profile is just more interested in making jokey jokes than providing an actual proper fact file? Thank you very much. But how about this thrilling in-depth look at Chaotics on the same oh. page? Here we go. So, like, picture this, boomers. You've opened your thing. It's the big Sonic and Knuckles head-to-head. That takes up most of the page. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Knuckles profile down the left. Sonic profile down the right in the appropriate colours. And then you notice, as this afterthought, that there's a little strip along the bottom. Yeah, a little purple strap bar running across the very bottom of the... across the width of the two pages. With three screenshots and a big title, Chaotix, leaving what can't be 200 words of review. Mm-hmm. It's... Hardly. Well, it's not even. You couldn't call it a review at all. I'm surprised. It's. It, it probably isn't 100 words. It's just. I'll read it you now. It'll take two seconds. This is the one you've all been waiting for. As Knuckles takes center stage at last in the thrilling 32-bit platform game Chaotix, Knuckles and his friends have to visit a number of different worlds and zones and face all manner of threats. Doctor Robotnik's behind much of the chaos, but a powerful quintet of good guys are up to the task of defeating him. With your help, there's Knuckles himself, Spo, a chameleon with incredible spinning powers, Mighty, a trusty armadillo, trusty, Vector, a speedy reptile, and Charmy B, tiny but powerful. He can also fly. So where's Sonic while all this is going on? Let's just put it this way. He'll be back soon and determined to top Knuckles. Ooh, plump. <laughs> Ooh, plump. Sonic and Knuckles. Oh, I love it. <laughs> all over again, no doubt. Um, yeah, so That's like, even the final, t- the final half of the second and final column is talking about Sonic not being in it and not having anything to do with the game. That feature made the cover. Because it's, well, it's all there is. <laughs> yeah. You think they could have mentioned the Sega boss on the cover, it took up more yeah. space. Yeah, well, but the, the trouble is they're embarrassed by this point because they've already featured the Sega boss about 25 times in early STZ. <laughs> I'll tell you what, lovely looking screenshots. I still yes. haven't played Chaotix. I know it's a bad game, but it's still the dream to me because I've not played it. So looking at these screenshots, one of which is the title screen, one of which is just, you know, what must be the first level with, like, Knuckles and Mighty. And then one of which is has to be a special stage. And Surely. it looks... It looks great. It looks like a great Sonic game. I'm going to play it, Dave. I'm going to play it yeah. before this six-part serial Chaotix yes. is running over in the main strip is out. I'm going to play it. Pin up.
Well, after this double page spread, there is the Marble Garden Menace from Poster Mag number six. And then after that, we've got a Tales poster. This is a Carl Flint Zone Runner Tales poster taken from the cover to issue number 48. Yes, it's the one where I was confused about what he was zapping us with and I'd forgotten his microputer existed. Yes. <laughs> I don't like the way you say microputer. It felt like that <laughs> word was going to spin off in a whole other direction. <laughs> And it's got tails written in the empty space in the top left there in that same janky font. Just now, it's nice to see the, the, the covers stripped of their dress, you know, free of all yes, the cover text is. and the logos and everything. Yeah. Well, sometimes it is, as in this case. <laughs> but uh, once we then proceed past the uh, reprint of Trapped in the Vortex from issue number nine, mm-hmm. uh, on the inside back cover, uh, we have an advert for Sonic the Comic itself, lifted from the cover of the most recent issue, issue 53, the second mm-hmm. birthday issue, which yeah. is to say Amy doing the number two bunny ears over Sonic's head, which they are making work here by headlining yes. the page twice as good yes as what i'm not sure uh, Um, don't don't know all new action with sonic knuckles tales amy and co every two weeks sonic the comic the uk's official sega comic zone in on your news agent now but then we flip over to the very back back cover yep the outside uh, back cover We've got one last uh, pin-up. I suppose it's a pin-up. Um, I guess. And it's the cover to issue number 27. It's uh, Sonic holding up the finger. Celebrated that that was the first birthday issue, so it's a mm-hmm. big headshot of Sonic holding up his finger and going, Ha! One! Um, <laughs> yep. And um, and it says number one up in the top left uh, corner. And um, The problem is... The, yeah. It's just not fit for purpose, is it? No, it's terrible. Um, the actual cover was zoomed in closer on Sonic. Yeah. And what they've done is essentially they've they've taken the the they they've they've pulled it out past the bleed essentially. Far past the bleed, like yeah. the bleed happens fully. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't even. I don't know that the background is necessarily part of the image because yeah. what we're seeing here is the a, a big streak of uncolored white paper just hanging down below where the line art is where the color fades out and yeah. the the cuff of sonic's glove is torn it's like the, ripped physically and folded torn over a bit. piece yeah. of paper yeah it's even got you can you can see the shadow of where it folds over and everything and like it's a, it, difficult to describe if you're not seeing it but yeah, yeah. imagine a, a, a drawing of sonic that stops like you can tell where it's supposed to cut off but then it keeps going and there's like you know marks this is all a big orange gradient background Mm. we should say so then there's just this big square of white below sonic floating over this what it looks like and probably is is that the artwork of sonic with his finger up has been scalpeled out you know cut out and then put down onto this background yeah and then they didn't think the bottom would be visible so they've just left this big chunk of blank card or paper or whatever it is with spray can marks and everything from like when it's being colored there's like extra flicks and bits that that it's obviously not supposed to have made it to print like this no i think they've repositioned it for this purpose because there's a lot of empty space if you don't Mm -hmm. and they've shoved it up to centralize it in the thing without any regard for the fact it's not supposed to look like that and it's awful as the back cover and as the final image of the thing, I think it just completely sums up the point I began to make earlier and stop myself mm-hmm. of what 
a cheap and cheerful mess yeah. this summer special was. Yeah. Like, last year was the year of Sonic the Comic. Nine poster mags, yeah. a summer special, an Eternal Champion special, extra publications out the wazoo. This year, this is it. This is the only mm. bumper bonus extra issue, extra special episode we'll be doing this year, because there aren't any extra publications. And no money went into this. They commissioned one new strip, which we will be charitable and assume was done for this because yeah. it is holiday-themed and two features the head-to-head -head and the bus everything else is reused uh, all the posters uh, and pinups are just recycled covered artwork uh and it, and it, it's all done on uncoated paper yes. no money went into this and they still charged you two pound for it. it yeah it really feels chucked together this one i don't know who did it and i want to know <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, the, the sheer gall to go uncredited for this embarrassment <laughs> <laughs> now okay it's not good, okay? So we're not going to sit here and pretend it is. But yeah. it was nice to be able to have a physical copy of the poster mag yes. strips. So, yeah. you know, that idea was a very, very sound one. As mm. much as the finished execution frustrates us and the weird choice of doing the Green Eater instead of the one other missing thing so that this mm. could be a complete compendium of Sonic poster mag strips, the idea was solid. It's just so obvious that it was done on the cheap. And because SDC was not a magazine done on the cheap. Yeah, that's the thing. It was a high-quality product, and this isn't. This is a standard... Yeah, the stuff that I said I was fond of, and I am, and I stand by that, but what I'm fond of there is throwaway rubbish. <laughs> that's not... Yeah, it, it's, it's weird to get that at this point in STC. This is it, you two interests just button up against one another now. Sonic, glossy, comic good high quality beloved yeah. children's product yeah. that you have preserved every issue of you owned yep. in liquid carbamite <laughs> rubbish low quality throwaway summer specials yeah. high square peg round hole it don't go that's exactly what's happening here yeah and uh, what a strange feeling it leaves me with not so much chris he th there's no ambiguity in chris's uh, reaction to this no, one it's just I, like I have, uh, yeah <laughs> no no uh, hesitancy from me i i feel like i had that feeling when i was young and bought it and it's mm. it's not you know blossoming out of me in goats of rage or anything it's like whatever but it's it's a little nugget of hate that is lingered <laughs> inside me that when I think of this, when I look at the cover of this, I remember that feeling of just a sort of general disappointment. To know even then what I was holding was something that had so clearly been done on the cheap. Because there was no way you could you could mistake it for that with the, that messed up back cover. I can't believe... It, despite everything, I still can't believe the back cover. Like, yeah, that what whatever all else you say is like bad editorial, bad copy, whatever. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the idea of reprinted strips, but that back cover really is the thing that sets the whole thing off where you can really look at like the the fact that we're now a year and a half into STC's life and they still couldn't use the right logo on the original strip, even though every other strip in the thing just reprints the logo wholesale from the original printing so it's only the original strip doesn't use the proper sonic title bar and everywhere else uses the same janky font from a year ago in a special that already felt outdated a year ago with an original story of a tone that feels of a piece with the stuff that was outdated <laughs> It's not selling you on STC, is it? New readers. It ain't. No, if you picked that up, well, it's hard to say, isn't it? Because, isn't it? Because no, if you picked it up and you hadn't bought STC yet, uh, you wouldn't know, would you? You wouldn't I know. know you wouldn't. Oh, my God, imagine. Imagine <laughs> if you picked that up 
and then you went oh this is great and then you went and bought the issue that was out on shelves at the same time and you've got disaster part three and chaotix part one and sparkster part one well not sparkster but um, <laughs> you got all that waiting for you like a double god a double barrel richard elson triple barrel nigel kitching issue of stc <laughs> on the shelf and you were inspired to pick that up never having brought it up i mean only afterwards would you realize the summer special mm. could well have won you over <laughs> mm, yeah i suppose so anyway <laughs> i think that's probably enough time spent on something with so little original content yes. but if you want brand new original content mm -hmm. every two weeks mm -hmm. you'll find it over on our regular show which you can find in most places that good podcasts are available or you can download it directly from our website at stctp.wigglehead.com but wherever you get it from do leave us a review yes yeah. uh, we like them and we like to read them yeah i mean you can't you can't leave a review on our website no you can't leave comments though nobody does well <laughs> you can leave comments on our twitter yes which is at sonic podcast or you can talk to us directly i'm at demon tomato dave and i am at chris mcfeely and you'll find us both on youtube under those names as well now if you prefer your content every week instead of every two weeks there's a way you can have that you can have us every week roughly and that is by joining our patreon which is patreon.com forward slash stctp our theme song is synchronized by sonic the comic the band whose work you can find at sonic the comic dot camp.com but we have been sonic the comic the holiday special yes <laughs> and we will see you next time it's thick it's fat it's like feels like about twice the thickness of a, a normal issue i don't know if it is but it feels about like that do a quick page count there D no <laughs> <laughs>